Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombus donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com/acast code acast. Level up, human. The comedy science podcast, souping up the Homo sapien. Hello, and welcome to another Level Up Human Extra. This is our chance where we delve behind the headlines. We have a chat with some of our listeners, and basically, Rachel, our producer and comic, get a chance for a little bit of a catch up. Hello, Rachel. How are you doing? Hello. Hi, Simon. I'm I'm very well, thanks. Yes, this lockdown never seems to want to end, does it? No, like I've. I uh, I went out to the park the other day and I did have that sort of sensation of there's too many people here. I can feel myself becoming increasingly <laughs> agoraphobic. Yeah, and it's it's true. Like you know, if I go to like most places, you know, a pub I like, I just think there's too many people here in general. I was going to say that's a feeling I have everywhere, every day. <laughs> but uh, but but now, yes, I'm not sure how many people I expect to see anymore. I've lost track of what the rules are exactly. I think I think we're still supposed to be in our homes, aren't we? So, as our show is kind of about adaptation and evolution and things, it's kind of nice to note that I do feel perfectly sofa adapted. Anyway, I've I've found my natural environment. I wasn't supposed to go outside. <laughs> you need some vitamin D, though. Occasionally, you know. Yeah, but but you forget I was raised in Ireland, so you went outside. You didn't get sunlight either. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, we're going to talk about some of our, we're going to do some news stories, but we're going to talk about some of our listener suggestions today, I think. Yes, indeed. We'll go over the kind of things uh, that are happening right now. Shall I kick it off, actually? Because yes. I, I have a news story. I know that I'm only going to mention it because I, I know you don't want to, Rachel, because I mean, like, you, you, I know you feel like you bring up Elon Musk too many times and I know it's so hard to record while you're... There can't possibly be any more Elon Musk news. Well, sure. Did you not know that he's had a baby? Is that the reason you don't want to talk about it? Because it obviously means that your your chances when we're diminished because he's going out with a pop star Grimes. Oh, yes. Yes. And he called the baby something, didn't he? What did he call the baby? Yeah, he called the baby something. That's not unusual, calling it something. He's named it the letter X, the Greek letter, which is kind of like... It looks like a drunken A is leaning onto a capital E. Oh yeah, I know that one. Uh, A twelve. Its name is X, Greek letter that looks like an A leaning on an E, and then A, and then twelve. Wow. Yes. How do you pronounce that? Well, again, this subject of debate it hasn't gone full public on it, but it's probably something along the lines of Sasha, Sasha twelve. 
as an Irish person, you should be very familiar with this sort of thing. Oh, man, I, I do love it uh, whenever nobody can pronounce anything. My very first boss was called Siobhan, and that was spelt in the way that you'll be familiar with, S-I-O-B-H-A-N, but it took me the longest time to confidently call her that. Sioban, is that how it's spelt? That's how it's spelt, yeah. And I was always thinking, I, I just don't know whether I'm saying this right for the longest time, so. I've often thought it might be quite a good um, pub quiz round of uh, spell this Irish name. And you're doing a pub quiz tonight. Yeah, I might, I might give that a go. Erwin, mm. that's quite a nice one. So is that the news story that Elon Musk has called his kid something that we can't pronounce? Yeah, I, I just thought, like, I knew you'd be too shy to bring it up because, you know, it might be something quite sore. So yeah, you're right. But, but you are saying we're always doing Elon Musk stories, so we should probably move on, shouldn't we? Well, I've got a story about how tropical fish and other species were able to colonise a small coastal area in the Sea of Japan, thanks to discharges from a nearby nuclear power plant. Uh, the, the waters are being warmed by around 13.6 degrees C. Divers are observing more fish overall and a greater diversity of species. When, when you say diversity, do you mean like three-eyed ones, a bit like in The Simpsons? Uh, they haven't specified any three-eyed ones yet, but the, the blue damselfish is, is there, which didn't used to be there, and the cut ribbon wrasse. Nice. And the long-spined sea urchin. Well, what's not to love? I, I actually, have, I've got a wee bit of sort of experience this, because I remember... Um... I was doing some work in Florida for a documentary a couple of years ago. And I know in that area, they had manatees that had only survived the winter because they were huddling in the warm waters around the nuclear power plant. Manatees are incredible animals. Their name means sea cow, doesn't it? And uh, they do graze on sort of plant life underwater. The sea grass, in fact. Yeah. Can you milk them? (laughs) Well, yeah, because they're a mammal. That's kind of one of the features of the mammals. So you must be able to milk a... You could milk a manatee. Yes, theoretically, that's possible. That's one of those experiences you can buy in WH Smith, isn't it? (laughs) Milk a manatee. (laughs) I really love the idea of these being around the the nuclear power plants, just in case. I mean, like Spider-Man is a great superhero, but Manatee Man, come on. Manatee Man would be would be pretty incredible. The man who was bitten by a radioactive manatee near <laughs> near the nuclear power plant and became able to sort of float as a inert mass around the ocean. Yeah, it's not very ambitious as a, as a superhero. I'm not sure how well it'll work as a film. At this stage, Marvel's willing to try anything. They're expanding their cinematic universe everywhere. Why not? <laughs> okay, let's get on to another bit of news. Elon Musk has paired up with Tom Cruise to oh, try and make an action sake, movie. I'm in. <laughs> Come on, leave he's it got, alone. He's got plans to go to uh, the first movie, at least in part shot in space. Oh, really? Tom Cruise is going to go up there for an action sequence. That's cool. Yeah. See, I, I don't know why you're trying to socially distance from this, Rachel. I know it's... <laughs> I've been trying to socially distance from Elon Musk on this podcast for weeks and it's I'm making no headway at all. It's almost like I'm trying to develop a running joke, isn't it? It's against almost, your, uh, almost Against like your that. will. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So for actual, actual night news, I think one that's pretty cool is that some scientists in Canada have developed a golden tongue to make sure that their maple syrup is up to scratch. I, I kind of would like to apply this to the human body as well. It basically tests and tests <laughs> for impurities to make sure that it's the best maple syrup available. Oh, well, but why not just have a sort of maple syrup, I don't know what it would be called, sommelier, to do that? 
Well, this is, I suppose, a way of doing it biochemically before you mix anything into large vats, for instance, to make sure you're getting everything pure this is, rather than adding a tiny impurity at the end or something. This reminds me of a Level Up Human Extra episode we recorded recently where we were talking about an electronic nose. Yes. And sure enough, I've been reading about COVID detecting dogs this week. Yeah. There are dogs now being trained and they reckon they can be trained pretty quickly. Between six to eight weeks, they can be fully operational and maybe work in airports and things to detect COVID. So this is the electronic tongue in Canada used when you've got a vast volume of maple syrup to test, I suppose. Yeah. Or it's before you mix it, perhaps. They call it the gold tongue because one of the molecules that they're they're using, which reacts well with some of the good stuff in maple syrup, just happens to be gold. So it's kind of perfect. And it's just a kind of nice... I don't, I don't know, there's just something quite sweet about golden syrups, golden colour and a golden tongue to test it. So it's so it's an electronic tongue, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I, I kind of fancy one as well, I think. And, be... you, and you pour maple syrup on it, do you? And then what happens? It works a little bit like a, a pH test or chlorine test for swimming pools. So you can pretty much just dip it in and it will do a colour change right before your eyes to make sure it's perfect. Oh, I see. Another story here about wound healing blue-green algae, which mend skin. How does it do that? That's quite cool. In mice. You always find with these stories that eventually it'll say in mice, and then you think, hmm, I don't know how translatable this is. A recommendation for our many Twitter followers out there, uh, both of them, um, <laughs> I would suggest you, you follow the Twitter account in mice. Oh. And it basically just retweets loads and loads of studies which are hyping up something which has happened, adding the words in mice. Yes, what they do when they're writing articles is they is journalists put a photo of somebody being treated with with you know a person being treated and then and that draws you in and then you read the article and it says that it's only been tested in mice. But anyway, this could be very helpful to treat chronic wounds in people with diabetes apparently. Oh, cool. Um, Thank you, Algie. Yeah, a quarter of people with diabetes develop chronic wounds because they have poor circulation and other complications make it harder for their skin to heal following cuts and scrapes and sometimes that leads to amputation so diabetic wounds are treated with blue green algae Sinococcus elongatus bacteria am i pronouncing that correctly no probably not let's assume not uh, anyway <laughs> but this the, right so the point is it naturally produces oxygen in the presence of sunlight so you've got something on your skin which is basically going to Produce oxygen for your skin while you're uh, wearing it. Right. Clever. So it's the fact that it's, it photosynthesizes. Yeah. Yeah, that That's is really cool, funky in that it? case. I and just then, love that as an idea. For and then the wound patch has hydrogel beads in it, which will soak up the oxygen and carry it into the skin. Hmm, I like that. What I've discovered about our Twitter followers over the course of the last week, as they've been suggesting their uh, upgrades for the human body, is a lot of them are zipping various parts of their bodies into their clothes. Because... Multiple people have said that testicles and breasts should be retractable or that penises should be less dangly. I'm very worried about them. Tracy Houghton asked for breasts and testicles that can be retractable at will. Yeah, why? What's the... Uh, I, don't, I don't fully get this. Well, I think... But maybe it, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough never to have run a marathon and have to stick some strange tape in places. It reminds me of what James Piercy was saying in our last Level Up Human episode with Sally LePage. He was saying that when you're at home, you're at risk of head injury. And I think the problem is that people stuck in their own homes, as we all are at the moment, are having more accidents 
due to the fact that they're just having more domestic accidents than you normally would. So just casually zipping yourself into your jeans. I don't know. I I haven't ever had this particular problem myself either, but it seems to be a problem for our listener base. I don't know whether that says more about them than it does about anything else. Well, the other thing that surprises me here is that we have to remember there's a time that we were like, as we are, long before clothing and long before the invention of things like the sports bra. So we know that, like, for instance, our, in, our, in our past, we were much, much better runners. Uh, pretty much everybody could have run a bit like Hussein Bolt. We used to chase down prey on Africa. Yeah. Like, humans used to be able to do that. And now we're zipping and, ourselves into our jeans. It's pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, but it makes me wonder, how did, how did we do it? Like, this can't have been a problem back then. Does it amount to me that, that this problem is actually something we've kind of developed ourselves through, again, a sort of domesticated lifestyle? Like, is is the solution to many of these problems just raw fitness? But we're talking about proper extreme fitness. Like, I'm, I'm not saying everybody get off the couch and exercise your willy in. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm trying to, to say, but there must be some kind of thing for this. Oh, as as a secondary thing, I do know that supposedly, at least, some sumo wrestlers train to be able to retract their testicles back into their body to keep them safe and out of harm's way while they sumo. That's incredible. How do you even begin to train yourself to do that? I mean, I don't have any testicles, so I've never attempted to retract them. As the testicle-owning member of the podcast, can you tell me, is it possible to retract your testicles at all, as far as you know? I've I've never tried it, but I've not worn a nappy since childhood. Could you try it now? Do, do I have to put my microphone anywhere weird no, for this? Is this like just, supposed to become a sound of Just have a, have a quick <laughs> go and tell me whether it's possible. Well, I know it must be possible to some degree because cold has that kind of effect. Ah. Like the, the, the testicles are one of those organs which is kind of on a dangly, loose, bungee cord kind of thing mm-hmm. to retract lower and higher for temperature because you want to keep a sperm you manufacture at a kind of body temperature below the rest of your body, below 37 degrees Celsius. And again, if we look at loads and loads of animals and things out there, they have incredible ways of avoiding such injuries. Kangaroos, uh, so in the human body, you're, you kind of have the penis on top of the testicles, and the kangaroo, as far as I remember, it's the other way round. And I wonder if this is something to do with bouncing. <laughs> if you're able to you know, jump along, you don't want to land on those, do you? No. They, as I, most men who've ever ridden a bike can attest to having sat on themselves, as we say. I want to ask you something as an evolutionary biologist. Why have we evolved sperm that needs to be kept at a lower temperature to the one that we have as our standard body temperature amongst all humans? Well, uh, do you know what? I'm not entirely certain. And it's one of those things that I've I've been trying to find out for a long time. Because, again, there are sort of slight alternatives and I can't tell quite if it's that you need the lower temperature for the storage or for the manufacture. But it, it does seem strange. It, like, it seems very odd, particularly bearing in mind that, you know, your body pretty much only exists for you to shepherd the next generation into existence. That you would keep the, the jewels somewhere so unsafe. <laughs> but there must be something to it as well, because again, I'm, I'm aware of whenever you're at that point, you're trying to perhaps um, conceive kids mm-hmm. that... Uh, if you look for any advice whatsoever on how to, like, you know, to guarantee you're going to have kids as fast as you can, nearly everything says, you know, wear boxers rather than pants. And that is principally for the kind of aeration, for the keeping cool kind of thing. Right. So it must be essential. I did not know this. This is fascinating. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Dr. Catherine James asked for the ability to pause digestive processes for a few hours. For For instance the length of an intercontinental flight to pause the digestive tract i think this is about not having to go to the toilet on airplanes well i think i think we may have a severe problem here because pretty much anything which is kept in you means it, and you're not digesting it that means that something else is digesting it so we know about our microbiome and how much bacteria we have inside us so if you're not going to go to the loo, I can only assume instead you're going to be just constantly blowing off throughout that flight. Ah. So even if I'm right about this thing about they're going to be broken down and producing gas, there are animals out there that never poop. So we've got to look at how are they doing it? Or is it just that they're so tiny? Um, a good example of this is uh, most of our face lice, I believe, don't have anuses and pretty much eat and eat and eat until they, they just explode eventually. Wow. They're utterly backed up by poop. And then in that explosion, they also spread their eggs and produce new new mites and new lice. And we also spoke at the first Microdot recording that we did with Dr. Andy Meyer and Sarah Withers about a jellyfish with a transient anus. Yeah. Yeah, but that's using one as it it needs it. Like that's the fact that it it develops Ah, at once. Whereas this is one that never has one ever and just explodes when it's full. Yeah. That's got to be, I mean... That's a that's a real evolutionary cul-de-sac there, isn't it? Well, then this, again, it's doing it for a purpose. Like, I don't know what these predators are. Like, again, every time you have a poop, you're kind of leaving a trail. You're leaving something which is smelly right next to you that allows, like, the wild dogs of your face to come and find you. <laughs> I never knew there was so much going on on my face. Oh, mate, there, there's uh, tons of things. This is going to make our listeners all feel deeply uncomfortable because we are all crawling in them. I know there was a study a while back trying to find out how prevalent... Uh, face lice were and they never found a single human that didn't have one like we give them to our kids pretty much as soon as they're born and the good news is they largely don't seem to do anything and they might even do us a wee bit of good they might eat up some of the nasty stuff that'd be growing on us otherwise mm. it could be that they're kind of like uh i don't know like gardeners as opposed to farmers you know they're they're, tending okay. it. they're, they're, they're nurturing the face 
yes, they're nurturing, nurturing while exploding with poo all over us. You've probably felt them as well. Again, this is just to make you paranoid. Um, I know I notice it just before I go to sleep. And if I really notice it, it stops me from going to sleep. Do you, do you ever get that sort of feeling like little movements inside your ear? I mean, I've never had that before, but now I will, I promise you. Tonight, I will yeah. be up until two in the morning feeling non-existent parasites size. crawling around my face. Professor Sheena Cruikshank, who was on a recent episode, says, fragrant farts, I think they should still be a thing. Yeah, and I reckon this is probably one that might be doable. Like, surely all it takes is, um, it may be covering up a smell rather than getting rid of a smell. Like, it might be Febrezing rather than, uh, actually, I don't how, know how Febreze works. How, how do you suggest the human body should be improved to create floral farts? Well, there's probably only a couple of little chemicals are needed to give us things which have a sort of very strong sweet smell. You know, you might not need much to cover over it. Do we need to be chewing dishwasher tablets or how would how would it work? No, no, just in terms of there's probably only a few little biochemical pathways which have to be moved around ever so slightly to produce things. You'll have something that smells a bit a bit nicer. You know, there, there's... I suppose we have noses which are adapted in particular ways to particular scents. Like pretty much every smell we can get, it's not like our eyes where we're seeing a spectrum. Like every smell we can detect is because there's a specific lock and key kind of mechanism between a molecule and something that's in our nose. You know, they're not necessarily as generalist. So if we could find something which is the equivalent of a... The equivalent of... Oh, right. This this is a, this will seem like a very strange, weird tangent, but it'll make sense in a second. Have you ever tasted miracle fruit or miracle berry? No. So miracle berry is a naturally occurring fruit. It has, I think, it's called miraculin, a compound within it that basically locks hard onto some of your sweet tasting receptors, your sweet taste receptors in your tongue, and then. In the presence of, of acid, of sourness, they kind of warp their shape in a way that makes things taste incredibly sweet, even if they're not. Oh. Okay? So it kind of it coats your tongue and this stuff. Um, this is, a, in fact, I think what I did for my... Was it my 30th birthday party? <laughs> I invited all my friends around for a miracle berry. And so we just got these pellets, which were, I think, potato starch covered with this miraculin. And we coated our tongues in it and then spent the rest of the night sucking lemons and limes and grapefruit and stuff. <laughs> and it makes lemons... Oh, man, it makes lemons taste like lemonade. It's gorgeous. We we were tasting things like downing bits and bobs of vinegar, which took on a certain, like, sweet wine kind of palate. As long as it's got a bit of acid in it, it really, really works. I made several things. I can't quite remember. Like, the limes tasted a little bit sherbet But yeah, just sucking raw lemons... Imagine that. The reason I'm talking about miracle berry is like if that's something which happens in our tongue, in our tongues. Mm. Okay, this is something which can kind of keep sweetness turned on for a little while. It goes to show how you don't need much of a certain molecule to have a very large effect. So I wonder if there'd be something like some kind of chemical which could be synthesized by a bacteria that lives in our guts, if we genetically modify it or something, which will have a high effect. Like enough to overpower anything else. Like could there be something which latches on to our 
the, the equivalent of whatever we use to smell a rose and just stays there logged on mm. for a little bit longer nice, and blocks it? anything bad. I think I'd smell a rose more often if I got to keep the smell with me for the next two hours. Well, the, the other side of that, of course, could be that there might be a secondary problem here with our brain. Like if you see two different colours, your mind can blend them together. Mm. Like bearing in mind that we've only got three colour receptors and then our brain makes up everything else by the kind of uh, combining the activity of these three different receptors. Mm. So we see colours that don't exist in nature. For yep. instance, we see the full spectrum even though we've got three switches to switch on and off by mixing those stimuli. We don't really do that for smell. So if you smell two things at once, they don't merge. Instead, our brain tends to perceive them sequentially. Mm-hmm. Which is perhaps one of the reasons also why people are tasting wine you know, have got such flowery, ridiculous descriptions. They say a taste of this and, and this and this and this. It might be that those different parts of the palate are actually hitting at different times. You know, you're smelling all those things in sequence rather than combined in one. One of our previous Level Up Human guests, Claire Jonas, has just written a blog article about how one of the reasons we have difficulty describing smells as actually linguistic is because we don't have the words for it. And why don't we have the words for it? They just haven't really developed in our language. She says, imagine I told you you could no longer use the word blue, that it had been redacted from our language. How would you describe things that were that colour? Maybe you'd say they were periwinkle or sky or sapphire. But you could no longer say anything that belonged to the overarching category of blue. Now, that's the problem we have in English with smells, that we don't have the words for smells. So we have to use taste words. So, for example, there's a language which is spoken by an indigenous people of northeastern Mexico in which the odour of rotting fish might be described as, I don't know how to pronounce this, but pucks which means a strong, stinky smell. And that's a category name for a smell which can also describe dirty nappies and dead animals. But we don't have words like that, you see, so I think it's harder for us. These things are bound to be interrelated as well, though, that the language does seem to, for many things, impact the brain. Like There's at least some evidence to suggest that the words we can use to describe things affect our ability to, to perceive, perceive those them. things. Yes, absolutely. Which is precisely the kind of idea that was actually so revolutionary in things like uh, 1984. Um, you know, they've got that whole language newspeak. Do you remember the way there's a, a special dictionary at the end of newspeak words? Yes. Or maybe that was only my version. Well, I, I, I vaguely remember that. I don't know whether mine had a dictionary, but I remember that there was a, a, yeah, there were a lot of words that you needed to learn in order to understand the book. But this, it was taking particular pride in. I think it was showing like maybe uh, Orwell's ability to uh, to try and put these things together, to, to show the reasoning behind why he was doing it. And one of the first points of it, it was that Newspeak is not just about making new words. It was more importantly about destroying old ones. Um, it was following the concept that if you could limit the language used, then you could limit the thought. This is another fascinating avenue we've gone down and I've lost track of what we were even talking about at the beginning. We were talking about making farts less offensive. That was it. That was it. Yeah. We're getting Dr. Daniette Rabiotti on in a few weeks and she wrote a book called Does It Fart? All about all the animals out there that do and don't fart. Um, So she might be able to tell us what some of the alternatives are. I've got a feeling it's going to be mostly a choice of uh, which end 
I cannot wait to speak to her. That's brilliant. Okay, well, that's just some of the suggestions we've had on so far, and you'll be hearing more of them as we discuss things with our experts in coming weeks. If you've got some suggestions for us, genuinely get in touch. Find us on Twitter at Level Up Human or at Rachel Wheelie or at Simon D. Watt, and uh, let's debate some ideas. Also, we have a newsletter if you want to join our newsletter, which you can sign up for at leveluphuman.com forward slash keep hyphen in hyphen touch. And you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash level up human where i've released a bumper edition of our latest episode with sally lepage and james piercy bye everyone see you soon bye that was level up human hosted by simon watt produced by rachel wheelie and supported by the physiological society for more information go to leveluphuman.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.